A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Ron Bula is a retired farmer who runs a family farm of about 168 acres in Baraboo. Bula's Pleasant Valley Farm is very diverse and specializes in grass-fed beef, lamb, pasteurized broilers and eggs, Berkshire pork, maple syrup, honey, and organically raised vegetables. The farm is run by Ron, his wife Maureen, and their children, Patrick and Justine. The family shares more about their operation and how they manage their pastures with multiple species. But first, Ron shares a little bit about how the farm got started. Maureen, my wife and I uh, started this 1985 when we built our house and we are retired. I was in ag lending for 40 years and Maureen was a teacher for uh, 31 years. So we're retired. So we've cut back with all the things we have going on to only working seven days a week. So is this more of just a family aspect or do you have hired help that make this possible as well? This is Patrick. Well, um, uh, yeah, this is definitely a family run operation. Uh, we lean heavily on just the, the four of us here to keep operations running. As you mentioned, you raise grass-finished beef and lamb. How has this dry weather we've had affected the rate, their rate of gain, or how has this year been for them? Uh, yeah, we've uh, seen uh, more difficult times this year with drought conditions on the cropping side of things. Uh, with pasture, though, we've been able to adjust our management and just react to this droughtier condition. Uh, our pastures, we've been able to keep up with production on pretty happy with where things are at there what is your normal rate of gain for your beef or your sheep average for a year compared to now this year are things on trend things are on track right now for us right at this point i would say um, with those adjustments to management hopefully what we'll be showcasing later on um, we'll be able to show that yes we're keeping up with production uh, with our lamb on pasture i mean i generally figure for around a little less than half a pound average daily gain on them uh, for our beef uh, as we're going through we want to be in like two pounds plus for our finishing steers and stockers so uh, we're keeping up with those marks, I think, this year. How do you manage pastures for multiple species? So managing pastures for multiple species, it's, it's quite advantageous to have the sheep stacked on the cattle enterprise out there. We find that the cattle moving ahead of the sheep actually act as dead end host to a lot of the parasites that might otherwise plague pastured sheep. And so our sheep actually benefit from the, this relationship. Uh, the cattle, um, we just let them graze down whatever they need this year. Um, like we mentioned, we're adapting our management and we're experimenting with higher stock densities. So we have the cattle graze it down a good ways, um, and but then we have a light enough um, stock density with our sheep flock that there's still enough forage left over for the sheep. And uh, that system's been working all right for us so far. So with there being multiple species out there, what fencing is required or works best because sheep are definitely a lot smaller than beef. When we were designing this system, uh, originally years and years ago, we had a diversity of fence systems out here as we were figuring out what works. Um, played around with woven wire, barbed wire, and all these different types of systems. Today, we have soundly settled on electric high tensile. Getting a good energizer is key, but we figured out what works for us. We have a powerful energizer and that charges a three strand interior fence and a five strand exterior electric high tensile uh, fence. And that's pretty reliably putting out between say like four to 6,000 volts. 
So how do you manage the animal nutrition then when they're on pasture? How are you making sure they're getting the proper things that they need every day? We rely on uh, just uh, being proactive in our pasture management. So if we have good pastures that we're tending to out there, we're ensuring that there's constantly a good source of nutrition for that livestock. Um, so just maintaining our pastures. We're not over-utilizing the resource that we have out there. We're making sure that we have a good balance of species seeded out there to begin with. And even our outwintering management. We're making sure that, that we're not beating it down too far and that we're giving ourselves a good forage base to come back to in the spring. One thing I would add is that um, number one, we have the right genetics for grass finishing. We have Murray Gray Base and Angus, um, some of the older Katahdin uh, sheep and you know they're getting like 30 different species to eat every day. Feedlot cattle are getting corn, corn silage, corn distillers grain, maybe a pound of hay. So the diversity in our diet, um, they are definitely very, very healthy out there. What conservation efforts do you utilize then here on the farm? So one of the biggest ones that we utilize is going to be the rotational grazing and that management that we see across the pastures for the cattle, the sheep, the chickens. And there's a number of other things, including silvopasture. So we're incorporating trees into the pasture lands to provide shade for animals. And then we also have timber and some other uh, forage that we can harvest from those trees. Uh, we also are going to see some different waterways that were provided over the years. There's a number of different things like no-till and cover crops that we incorporate on the cropland. And then we're also working to reduce our inputs. So it's saving us money and it's also something that we're seeing more natural nutrient cycling taking place within our soils as they get healthier and stronger and more resilient over time. So as you mentioned, you also have a wide variety of organic produce with no-till. So tell me about the effort. How much do you grow on average a year? What all are you doing? It's not a big garden, but man, a small space can put out a ton of food. Two years ago, we went from the rototillered garden and me wrestling with weeds mercilessly, and I started the no-till garden with encouragement from Patrick and Justine. It is phenomenal. I can pull maybe a handful of weeds in a day, and nothing that's stealing the nutrients from my plants. I see the mycorrhizae coming up when I'm pulling carrots or onions right now, and it's beautiful. It smells wonderful. But the other thing is, I've been dining on kale salads. I never thought I'd like them. Oh my gosh. The nutrient density of the food that we grow is incredible. You feel satiated after much less than what I can buy in the grocery store. It's wonderful. What other sustainable practices do you guys implement or really prioritize? We've been discussing this, uh, I guess, kind of going around it, but haven't said it outright up to now. Uh, managed intensive grazing is kind of the cornerstone of work we're doing here on our pastures. Uh, basically, that entails moving livestock um, at, at least once a day in our case here um, right now when we're in the the height of summer and our, our pastures are going through a slump and we're trying to maybe get a little higher utilization on pastures so that we can draw out our rest period give it a little bit more time to recover i mean we're actually moving four times a day with the help of some technology and, and so that's that's a very important part of our management so that's that's key to how we're able to finish out our livestock on grass alone if you go to the grocery store you know those tomatoes may have come from california or mexico um if you buy tomatoes from a local source here they probably rode 
five to ten miles. Our beef, the people come out to our farm store, they buy our beef or they get quarters of beef from us or whatever. Uh, rather than a feeder calf in Montana being shipped to a big feedlot in Texas or Nebraska and then being trucked all the way back up to Wisconsin. So if you want to be sustainable, buy local meats and vegetables. What I add in there is um, we have the pollinator uh, gardens and uh, prairie strips that we're looking to incorporate. So we have some pollinator gardens that we are currently watching grow. Uh, and so we're trying to provide space for native pollinator habitat on our green space around buildings, but then also within those pastures, just because of the diversity of plants that we see out there, that also is a great habitat for wildlife, um, including our pollinators. So we're trying to provide them space and work with this system. The other thing that we try to follow are the principles of soil health. So that's the foundation for everything on the farm. The soil is where we're all dependent on. So one of those is going to be disturbance. So minimizing your disturbance. So we are trying to make sure that we are following no-till practices across the cropland, across our gardens. With grazing, it's minimal disturbance with those animals moving across in a short period of time and then providing that rest period. We're making sure that we have living roots year-round on every square inch that we possibly can, making sure that those root systems are bringing nutrients down, they're pulling things up. They're, that's our tillage system. We use the plants. They're providing that aeration within our soils. And then we're trying to make sure that every inch of our farm is covered. So whether it's living plants or residue from the previous crop, making sure that that soil is covered at all times really helps us reduce our risk for erosion across the landscape. We are in a hilly area here with the driftless. Erosion is a concern. So we want to make sure if there's any sort of slope, especially everything is covered and we have a living root if at all possible. And then again, animal integration is another key component. We see a lot of increase in biodiversity within our soil once we incorporate those animal species back onto the landscape with proper management. So those are kind of the cornerstones that we're following in terms of how we implement those practices. And then everything that you'll see out here are kind of the tools within our toolbox to make sure that we're meeting those. And you also have the shop, the farm store, and that's pretty new. <laughs> so take me through the process of that. How is consumer demand leading up to the farm shop and where do you see it going now that you have a place on the farm? When I retired in 2015, I started taking my produce to the local farmer's market. Then we became licensed to sell meats at the market and eggs at the market. And selling all of those things, we're realizing more and more that there is a, a large market for this stuff. I have always been about promoting access to good food. The market works, but we're here. We now have a farm store, so we'll have ours Friday and Saturdays from 9 to 4 and Wednesdays from 9 to 1. We offer our own beef, pork, chicken, and lamb. We have produce. We have the honey, the maple syrup, and the eggs that we produce here on the farm as well as some other local partners. We have a friend that does CBD oils. We have another friend that is taking wood from the farm and doing different woodworking, uh, charcuterie boards, cutting boards, a variety of things. And another friend that does flowers. We just have a wide variety of things to offer. We're really excited about just sharing good food. And this is where it's at, buy local. You know what you're getting, you know where it's coming from. I wouldn't eat it if I didn't trust it, so I wouldn't feed it to my family. That was Ron, Marine, Patrick, and Justine Bula of Bula's Pleasant Valley Farm. The next time you're in the area, stop by their farm store and support local farmers. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.
A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option.